Welcome to the Word and Bible Study with Pastor Dan and the family. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. Are you guys in Bible study mode today? Yes. Yes, we are ready to go to the Word of God again. And today we're going to the book of James, guys. Yeah. We only got a few left, too. We're going to be able to power through this one. You guys ready to do this one? James was the brother of Jesus who became a disciple, and then he wrote this book to the church. So we're gonna we're gonna read all about what James has to say to believers like us. So here we go in chapter number one. This letter is from James, a slave of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. I am writing to the twelve tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. Greetings. Dear brothers and sisters, not just one, there's, there's multiple sisters. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, and when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. That's good, guys. So when we hit, when we have things happen in our life that are not good, we should look at that like that's a chance for us to grow, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you need wisdom, ask our gracious God, and he will give it to you. And he will not rebuke you for asking. That's good. We don't want to be rebuked just for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalties is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people do not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Wow, such people wow. should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. That means we got to belong completely to Christ. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world. And they are unstable in everything they do. That's important, guys. That means you can't live half in church and half in the world, right? Right. You either right. got to be a full Christian or you might as well be a full pagan. Right. <laughs> that's, that's good, though, because that's what God wants. He wants us our whole commitment to him. Believers who are poor have nothing to boast about, for God has honored them. And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They will fade away like a little flower in the field, and the hot sun rises and the grass withers. The little flower drops and falls, and its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all of their achievements. God bless those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive a crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. You guys want a crown? Yeah. Yeah, we get the crown of life if we patiently endure testing and temptation. So that's why we can be happy when bad things happen to us, right? Yeah. Because we know we're going to get a crown of life. Mm-hmm. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, which when sin is 
allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Wow, that's good, guys. You hear that? Yeah. So when, we're, when we think, we're all it's just a little sin, the Bible says here, if we let that little sin continue to grow in our life, it'll give birth to death. Wow. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shadow of shifting. That is awesome, guys. You know what that means? That wow. means God is going to always dump good gifts down on us. Yeah. Perfect and good gifts. They all come from God, and he's, He is the creator of the lights, and He never changes. Right. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get anger. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your soul. Man, that is so good, guys. The word that's implanted in our lives. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Man, that is amazing, dude. You can't just hear God's word. You got to obey it. Right, boys? Yeah. Yeah. If you claim to be righteous, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Wow. Religion is refusing to let the world corrupt you while you take care of people who need your help. That's the end of chapter one, guys. Let's move on to chapter number two. Yeah, so good. James is tearing it up right now. I wonder if this pin is on fire from all the Holy Ghost going through it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it is a consuming fire. Chapter number two. My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our gracious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? For example... Suppose someone comes into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry. And if another comes in who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes, if you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you can stand over there or else sit on the floor. Well, doesn't that discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom he promised to those who loved him? But you dishonor the poor. Isn't it the rich who oppress you and drag you into court? Aren't they the ones who slandered Jesus Christ? 
whose noble name you bear? Yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the royal law, guys. That's the most important thing, man. That, what, Vic? That's the best. I like that scripture the best. Yeah, it's your favorite? Yeah, that's because you're a very loving person, Vic. And that's what we're supposed to do. You're supposed to love Saul, and Saul's supposed to love you. Like, I love mom, and mom loves me. And not only just our family, but everyone we come in contact with. That's why we help people at the store, and we talk to everyone, and we share our love and the good news of God. The Bible says that they're all our neighbors. Mm -hmm. That's good. But if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. For the person who keeps all of the law except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. For the same God who said you must not commit adultery also said you must not murder. So if you murder someone but do not commit adultery, you have still broken the law. So whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. For what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? Isn't that good, guys? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like we pray for people at church who need help, but we should help them too, right? It's not good just to say, oh, I hope you're doing good, and I'll see you later. We're supposed to say, hey, I hope you're doing good, and how can we help you? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now someone may urge, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is only one God. Good for you, even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Do you know that? That the devils even know there's one God? Yep. Yeah, they know there's one God, and they tremble. But still, we should be showing that we believe in that God by what we do, right? Amen. Yeah. Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right by God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, it 
so also is faith dead without good works. That's a really good scriptures, guys. Yeah. I like the second chapter. It deals a lot with how we can't just say we believe in God and then not obey. We have to put that faith into action. Absolutely. It's amazing. Chapter number three. And this one's all for you, Saul. Awesome. You know what it's about? Huh. Controlling your tongue. Mm. <laughs> I guess it's not only it's for, for you. Too. We all need that, yeah, don't we? Yeah, it's for me too, baby. Yes, we do. So here we go. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongue, we would be perfect and would also control ourselves in every other way. Wow, you hear that, guys? Yeah. If you control your tongue, you'll be able to control your body in every way and you won't sin. Wow. That means we should really watch our tongues, huh? Yeah. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. That's crazy, guys. That's a lot about the tongue, man. It's really important to control our tongue. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is relentless and evil, full of deadly poison. You hear that, Saul? Yeah. You really think your tongue was that important? No. No, I didn't really think what we say matters that much. The Bible says you speak life or death yeah. is held in the power of your tongue. Yeah, that's the what it thing, means. We got to watch what we say. What were you saying? The only thing that matters well, when you say what you say is uh, when you're speaking in tongue. Oh, yeah, that's a heavenly language. Yeah, it but matters. this is saying that everything that we say throughout the day matters. And that mm-hmm. our Everything. tongues can be set on fire from hell and spew deadly poison if we're not careful with it. So we got to really be careful with it. David said he set a guard at his mouth. Mm-hmm. That's what we got to do. We got we to gotta pray that there's a guard on our mouth. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessings and curses come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, that is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. 
for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and self-ambition, there you will find disorder and every kind of evil. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap harvests of righteousness. That is powerful, guys. You hear all that? That's what we got to be like. Peace-loving, gentle at all times, willing to yield to others. You know what that means, Saul? Let other people's be the boss. Let them tell you what to do, and you obey them. That's Live what it means. A, the life of a servant. Yeah. Servanthood. Yeah, be full of mercy and be willing to help other people. Because the Bible says that if you plant seeds of peace in your life, mm-hmm. that you will reap a harvest of righteousness. Mm-hmm. That's very powerful, guys. Mm-hmm. James chapter number four. What is causing the fighting among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Isn't that good, guys? Yeah. Boys, so if we want something, we shouldn't be trying to take it from other people, right? Yeah. We should ask God. He's our Heavenly Father, right? Yeah. You don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? Wow, I don't want to be an enemy of God, right? Right. (laughs) I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world... You make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate with the spirit he has placed within us. Should we be faithful to him? And he gives us grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You hear that, guys? Yeah. yeah. So if we're having trouble with the devil, what, what should we do? Resist the devil. Yeah, we should resist the devil, and he will flee from us. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Man, that's another really good one, boys. If you want to feel God's presence in your life, what do you do? Come close to God, and he'll come close to you. Yeah, how do we come close to him? Praying, getting the Holy Ghost. Reading our Bible, spending time with Him. Very good, Saul. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord, 
and he will lift you up in honor. Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone, who gives the law, is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? You guys hear that? Yeah. Yeah, we shouldn't be telling people what to do and what's right and what's wrong. We should let God do that, right? He's the great judge, not us. Very good. Look here, you who say, Today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and will stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like a morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. That's very good, Saul. You know, we always make a lot of plans, but the Bible says we should we shouldn't really make a plan like as if we know the future, but we should say if God allows it, this is what we're gonna try and do, right? Right. Yeah. It's good. It's very good. Then we're not let down when our plans fail. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. Wow, guys, you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. So if you know what's right and you don't do it, it's a sin. Or if you know something's wrong and you do it anyways, it's a sin, right? Yeah. That's good. All right, chapter number five, the final chapter of the book of James, guys. Aren't you excited? Yes. Yeah, another book down. Only got a few more to go. So let's continue. Look here, you rich people. Weep and groan with anguish because of all the terrible troubles ahead of you. Your wealth is rotting away. Your fine clothes are moth-eaten rags. Your gold and silver are corroded. The very wealth you were counting on will eat away your flesh like fire. This corroded treasure you have hoarded will testify against you on the day of judgment. For listen, hear the cries of the field workers whom you have cheated of their pay. The cries of those who harvest your fields have reached the ears of the Lord of heaven's armies. You have spent your years on earth in luxury, satisfying your every desire. You have fattened yourselves for the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed innocent people who do not resist you. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmer who patiently waits for the rain to fall in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him in the end, 
for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. But most of all, my brothers and sisters, never take an oath by heaven or earth or anything else. Just simply say yes or no so that you will not sin and be condemned. That's pretty good, guys. You know what that means? Don't say, hey, I promise to God I'm going to do this for you. Or don't say, hey, I swear by my mom that I will do this. That's not what we're supposed to do. The Bible says don't swear like that. Just say, yeah, I'm going to try and do that. Or I'll 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 see if I can do it. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe. Hopefully. Hopefully God will allow us to do this. But we don't want to make a promise because then if the promise doesn't come true, we look bad, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Doesn't that make sense, all? Yeah. What about you, Vic? Yeah. Yeah, so we got to really pay attention, huh? So let's continue. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call on the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. So what should we do for sick, guys? Pray. Pray, but we should let the elders of the church lay hands on us, anoint us with oil, and pray over us, yeah, right? Yeah, going to say let other people pray for you. Not just other people, the elders of the church. That's why it's important that we're at church every Sunday, right? Yeah. If you're sick, you shouldn't stay home from church. You should go to church and have the elders pray over you. That's what the Bible says, right? Yeah, church should be like a hospital. I think we should obey the Bible over the world, right? Amen. Yeah. So if the world says, don't go to church because you're sick, stay home because you're sick, we should listen to God, right? Yeah. Amen. That's powerful. The devil tries every trick he can to get us not to listen to the word of God. But we need to make the Word of God a foundation in our life that we stand on, right? Yeah. All right. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. An earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Isn't that encouraging to pray, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Do you realize that's how much power your prayers have? Yeah, we got to pray over stuff in our life. Elijah was a human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. You guys believe that? When he prayed, it didn't rain for three and a half years. That's how powerful our prayers are, guys. We could change the weather by the way we pray. Isn't that powerful? Yeah. Let alone the things in our life. If we're going through a storm in our life, we can change the weather by praying. Amen. That's very powerful, guys. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. So yeah, prayer is powerful. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. That's the end, guys. 
Isn't that good? Yeah. Yeah. No wonder he was the brother of Jesus. You can tell. They probably had some slumber parties, and Jesus probably told them some secrets, huh? A lot of wisdom. Yeah, that's good. Well, now it's time for us to go to the Father in prayer. Is anybody ready? Yes. Yes, so everybody, even if you're listening, pray along with us. Let's bow our head and close our eyes. Jesus' name, Lord, touch the hearts and minds of everybody who hears this Bible study, God. Let it be a foundation in their life, God, that we can build our lives on the Word of God that never changes and never lets us down, that's full of promises and will continue to put a hedge of protection around our life. We worship you, God. We thank you so much for spending time with us in your word and in this study today. We're going to continue to do this for your glory and for your kingdom. May everyone who hears this be blessed by the name of Jesus, and may you cause their lives to prosper. We love you and worship you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We can't wait to do this again soon. And until next time, may God be with you. Bye. Amen. Adios.